number two on a roll. I mean, two and three days, and uh, there's so much to talk about. We might have to get another one out. What's up oh, there, Vort? This is only the beginning. What's going on, my man? Good to be here as always. As always, yeah, this is fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to this. I have I have a bunch of stuff that uh, there's a, there's a lot to talk about, man. Holy crap! I um just as before we jump in, I'm already drinking because I know where this is going to go tonight. <laughs> I'm already drinking. This is just a disaster. But go ahead. Well, the, the funny thing, a real quick aside before we do ours is um, I, I submitted our podcast to, to a bunch of different things, including Spotify. And I don't know if it's up there yet, but I did a search for Jets podcast. And there's this guy who does one every day. It's like a 25 or 30 minute podcast every single day on the Jets, you know. Um, so, I mean, we, we could do this as much as we want. Just publish them up there and we're good. Oh, yeah. This is literally one of those things when we have something to rant or talk about. Good, bad. We jump on. We put it out Hell there. Yeah. All right, man. I'm going to let you start it off. You said you had some rants. I just have a bunch of subjects I'll end up ranting about. But uh, I mean, there's a whole bunch of shit going on today. But go ahead, man. You, you start. So I want to continue. I want to pick up where we left off on the first podcast. I want to finish up with the Le'Veon Bell thing. Um, I predicted it. It wasn't a tough pick. Uh, you knew he was going to go to a contender. I got lucky. I, I guessed exactly where he's going to go. He ended up on the Chiefs. Now I have to watch him win a Super Bowl with Kansas City. But the thing, the, the reason I'm really excited that he went to the Chiefs, I did not want him to go to a team where he was going to get 25, 30 touches a game. And people were going to say, oh, see, it was all about the touches. On a loaded Chiefs team, the guy is going to get 14 to 16 touches a game. But God damn, I cannot wait to see what he's going to do with those touches compared to the Jets. You actually have a coach that knows what he's doing. You have a logical, sensical offensive system that plays to the player's strength, not to a moronic coach's stubborn ideas. They play to the player's strength. This guy is going to get his 16 touches, but instead of just getting a handoff and dancing behind the line or lining up wide one or two snaps a game, they're going to actually line them up against linebackers. He's going to have four or five receptions like he did in Pittsburgh, not talking about 10 to 12 catches a game, but he's going to catch the ball out of the backfield. He's going to catch the ball lining up out wide, and he's going to actually run. Uh, and it, the runs are going to be set up to his strength. They're going to stretch the. They're going to stretch the field. He's going to op- uh, find the open hole and hit it. What he's going to do with those 16 touches? It's going to at least double his output with the Jets. And then what are you going to say about Gase? Ah, Gase, I, he's he's one of my subjects for the night. We got we got a lot to say about that in Mutt, but God. I'm I'm glad to see him end up on the Chiefs because let's see if he tr- if he really is done and he has nothing left in his legs or those 14 16 touches are going to make him look like the Jets are the, as clueless as we think they are. And on top of that, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe we still have Chiefs on our schedule. I was waiting to get that in week 8. So in another, uh, 3 weeks from now, um cannot wait for him to score six touchdowns against the Jets. Cannot wait. <laughs> well, here's what's going to happen against the Chiefs. We've been saying this for weeks. The Jets are going to be down, you know, 47 to three in the in the late second quarter, early third quarter, and the Chiefs are going to feel bad and take their starters out. But now they take the starters out, and their their backup is technically Le'Veon Bell because that that kid with the three names, I already forget his name. He's the starter. You know, they have Damian Williams behind him, so Le'Veon Bell is technically technically their depth back, um, and he's going he's going to play the whole second half and probably you know go for 150 total yards and a couple of touchdowns and and you know get them into the 60s because you know Le'Veon Bell is not going to want to take his 
foot off the pedal. No, no way. (laughs) The only thing, the only positive out of this whole mess is at least we're going to get a rookie running back who's going to get live snaps. No excuse in slowing his development now. The brilliant Adam Gase speaks. I don't want to stunt his development. What a goddamn idiot. But I just had to get this off my chest. I had to get this off my chest. It's off your chest, man. So (laughs) staying on the Le'Veon Bell thing for a second, um, I, I am already going out on a limb, and I already put the bets in on on FanDuel, by the way. They are in. Uh, Chiefs and Seahawks will win their conferences and play in the Super Bowl. So I already have bets in on both of them to win the AFC and the NFC, respectively. Um, and then I'll, you know, I'll see who wins at the, time, at the time. But there's no doubt in my mind those teams are going to the Super Bowl because they have ex-Jets. If you remember, Keyshawn Johnson left when I won the Super Bowl. Darrell <laughs> Rivas left when I won the Super Bowl. Bill Belichick turned the Jets down when I won, when I won 100 Super Bowls. So, um, you know, there's, there's no doubt. This is, this is the easiest money. Anybody who's listening to this, if anybody's listening, I know we have like 10 likes on Facebook, so, you know, maybe we'll get one listen. But uh, if, if you're listening to this, go put in bets on the Chiefs and the Seahawks to win their conferences. I'm telling you. It's literally, it's a, it, it's a given. If a contender, is, a contender is doing good, but they're not sure if they're going to reach the Super Bowl, let's just pick up somebody from the Jets who is being misused, who is disgruntled, who wants out of there. That's going to give us that little extra guarantee that we now can book our ticket to the Super Bowl. All right. So so a lot of shit going on today. Um, you know, um, I, I, I did a little my, – one of my video hits last night, and part of it was that the, that the, the, the pretense is now all gone. The Jets are no longer – Joe Douglas in particular is no longer pretending – to try and win a few games this year and trying to act like they are not completely tanking and gutting the team. The pretense is gone. Uh, I said that last night, and then today the floodgates open. There were rumors everywhere that Quinn and Williams is being talked about, that um, Crowder and Poole are being talked about, and now there's even talk like, you know, what can the Jets get for Sam Darnold? And, you know, it, the other day it was a second and a fourth, like Rosen, but now they're talking like some teams that, that will be drafting late in the first round would be willing to give up a first-round pick for Sam Darnold. So I don't know how much of this is true and not, but the, but it is now the rumors swirling everywhere that the Jets are completely gutting everything and tearing it down to absolutely nothing. Which makes sense to me. It makes sense to me, but there's a big but in all of this, and it goes back to what you said on the first podcast that has kept me up the last two nights. The fact that if they completely decided to gut the team, they might have. There is a possibility, God forbid, but there's a possibility that they told Gase, listen, exactly what you said. I don't want to steal your phrase, but you said they they told the guy, write this out. I know you don't have any talent. We're going to rebuild from the ground up. You just have to kind of keep your head down. This is New York. It's going to get crazy, but you're our guy. And if this is indeed the case, just just kill me now. Just kill me now. I hear you. I hear you. Well, I'm, I'm going to go on a minute or two rant here. So, so just bear with me, okay? Not so please, much a rant, please. but yeah, um, I, I will. I, I am going to say before I go on that little thing is that I, I pray to God that that is not the plan. I pray to God that they're just letting him ride out the season because the Jets' ownership is cheap and doesn't want to admit a mistake and pay him and while they're paying someone else and still paying Todd Bowles. That's what I pray it is. I cannot see any reason to keep this guy. Um, and I will talk more about Gase at the end of my rant, but... Um, the Jets tearing this down uh, is something I approve of. I- I'm okay with it. They've tried to do it before, twice, and it didn't work. The first time was with Idzik, um, and this is and this is when I realized that I needed to learn the business side of football a little bit because I was just like the average fan looking at everything for for wins on game day and why do you trade this guy and and everything on face value and 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 you know the and the surface and not going any deeper. And then the Jets traded for Percy Harvin. 
right? And they're, they're in the middle of a rebuild. They're falling apart. The guy trades a third round pick for Percy Harvin. And I was dumb enough to say, hey, that's that's a good trade. What's the big deal? Guy's a good receiver, blah, 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 blah. His contract was up at the end of the year. And the Jets were already like one in four at the time. What the hell did they need Percy Harvin for? Now I would look at that trade and say, that is the dumbest trade ever. He's a free agent. He's not going to help you this year. And why would you even think about that trade? At the time, I didn't know enough. Now I've I've kind of learned the business side of it. So Idzik tried to um, do this whole tear down thing and failed because he he gave up and 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 made that trade. That right there kills it. McCagnan tried to do it after his first season, where he bought a bunch of guys. He tried to to come in and, and tear this down, but then lost patience and started signing free agents all over the place. You know your Tremaine Johnsons, your C.J. Mosley's, and all these these guys to big contracts, and that failed. When you tear things down all the way down you have to be patient and see it through okay you have to not start signing big time free agents but the most important thing you have to draft and develop your players if you don't draft and develop your players then all you're doing is what the jets are doing spinning your wheels flipping back into the same mode every every few years where you're where you're at rock bottom and you're and you're and you're gutting your team so i'm okay with all of this but um you know, to, now to bring it back full circle, Adam Gates cannot be a part of that whole thing. He can't. He, you know, Douglas is now starting to take control of this. If he's going to trade players, he's going to trade them. But Adam Gates absolutely cannot be a part of this, or you've destroyed the entire thing because the biggest part of the whole tightrope you're walking on between killing, you know, killing your team and 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 building your team is is having someone who can who can draft of course and but develop your players as well and that's not adam gase so this whole thing is a complete failure before it even starts if you allow adam gase to stay on board absolutely agreed with you i wish i had a little bit of an argument here but i i have to agree with you across the board um and that just goes back to the jets as an organization as well i'm trying to as you were talking i was trying to kind of run through my mind who are the young players that the jets drafted and developed and hung on to that became superstars. All I can think about is we locked into one of the best defensive cornerback, uh, one of the best cornerbacks in the draft when we got Darrell Rivas. Uh, we had we had Rivas Island. Um, who else? I mean, because I mean, you got that whole any well, players the, the Eric we years. He drafted a few guys. You had Mangold and Ferguson were 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 solid blocks for years. But but that you know, now, if you're talking modern era, you know, meaning. Mangini was the last guy, you know, and Rex Ryan. Let's let's get it straight. Rex Ryan took Mangini's teams to these championship games. Those Agreed. weren't Rex Ryan's teams. And, right. and the two so, names so, you put out there, fantastic. Debrickashaw uh, uh, Ferguson, although never lived up to his full potential, was solid. Mangold was fantastic. But after, it's like we fell off a goddamn cliff. If every one or yeah. two years we get one guy out of a draft who is a contributor, I'm not even talking a pro bowl. I'm talking about an every down solid yeah. contributor. A guy who's not out of the NFL in two years, right? I get it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, guys, that's all the Jets have. You look back to 2012 on, there's hardly any of these guys are in the league. And if they are, they're with other teams. I mean, we were supposed to have just, it seems like yesterday, I guess now it's uh, three, four, maybe five years ago, when we were supposed to have the killer defensive line that was going to be the anchor of our defense for years. It was Mohamed Wilkerson. Then we drafted... Uh, his first name is eluding me. Richards, uh, Trent Richardson, is it? Uh, oh, sh- uh, sh- um, Sheldon, Richardson. Sheldon Richardson. Sheldon, you're Sheldon, right. Sheldon, I'm like, Sheldon. Oh, so we had Mo Wilk, uh, Mo. Then we had Sheldon, and then we the next year we drafted a guy that we just traded to the Giants. Uh, so none of them are here right, now. Right. Well, well, in between all that, I was Quentin Copels, who was. I mean, how many defensive linemen can you possibly take on one team and still never have a pass rush? I mean, it just. It, it, uh, 
I don't want to get frustrated. I don't. I don't. I'm frustrated enough. I'm trying to be lighthearted and laugh about this. That's what this podcast is for. I've been a fan for as long as I've been a fan. There's two things that I can count on with the Jets. Number one, we will never in my lifetime have a dangerous pass catching tight end. Number two, we will never have a defensive line that puts the pressure on the quarterback. Those are the two two things that I'm resigned with. I don't care if they let us put 18 guys in the line of scrimmage. Our defensive line will not generate pressure, and we will never get a tight end who knows that the idea is to catch the football. Yeah, well, I, I I could live without the tight end that can catch the football if they can find a wide receiver who is who is not a, a number three receiver while he's here. I just you know Robbie Anderson looking like a superstar right now. Um, it's still only a few games in, so you don't know how, where that's going to go. But you know, just another guy that the Jets weren't using properly, and, and it's it just boggles my mind. Which you know brings it back to Gase. I mean, what you know, what does I mean, I, again, I think it's money. I think they don't want to fire him. Chris Johnson is is, a, is an imbecile and obviously doesn't want to admit his mistake. But I mean, wh- who looks at this guy and sees a leader? I mean, he never takes responsibility. He's always blaming everybody else. He's alienated every good player he's had in two organizations now. How is this guy still here if it's not um, – it's it's one of two things either they don't want to fire him because of the mistake and the money or you know they really are building this team in his image which would you know that that might be that might be the end of it for me i don't know if i can take years of this i just i can't do it i, I there's got to be a silver lining and silver lining is not adam gay sticking around and seeing this through so here's two things if they're trying to build a team in his image then they've succeeded they already have done it the team is right now perfectly built in his image no wins no progress no promise so they succeeded there uh the other thing as far as firing him mid-season who gives a shit they're not gonna go and hire a new coach they're gonna let one of the coordinators write it out so get rid of right. this guy just get rid of him we're not saying pay another coach Promote one of your coordinators. Let him write out the season. I just I don't believe that the guys in the locker room support him. I just don't. I don't care what's being said. Just the body language. If we've watched sports long enough, the body language is not there. Well, you don't even need body language. You you, you just need actions. You know what I mean? And it doesn't have to be a body that's making the actions. It, it could just be um, everything that is said to the media. It could be the fact that um that that you know the, the way they don't play that hard it's the discipline it's it, you know when you fear and respect your coach you don't want to disappoint him you don't want to go back there and hear his mouth you don't want to uh, upset him anything like that they didn't th- there's no accountability there i mean you got a guy who just stands looking at his clipboard the entire game no matter what's going on and you know again back to the leadership thing with him because this all goes back to that leadership is i run a company okay uh, it took me years to learn how to speak to people properly and and realize that um you know that people look at a boss differently than they look at, at an equal no matter what so even if i feel like an equal i have to i have to act and and uh, behave uh, accordingly and act a certain way towards people. And it took me years to learn that. It took me years to learn how to motivate people. It took me years to learn how to be accountable for myself and not instinctively want to blame others or find a reason it's not me. I mean, it starts with me. And Adam Gase has none of those leadership qualities, none of them. I mean, he he does all the opposite things to what leaders do. He doesn't inspire people. No one's following him. Um, he, he blames everybody else. And um, oh, oh, this is the thing I wanted to bring up is that he, his his assistant coaches, uh, he, he, he thought he would um, give up the plays if he could yep. find someone to yep. call the plays. And his assistant coaches all said he was the best guy for the job. Now, 
who, you know, I mean, A, I guess it's easy enough not to want to tell your boss he sucks and you want to take over, but who, you know, what kind of boss has people afraid to say it? And then at the end of the day, he's, he's the best choice for it because it's, you know, why was he even telling the media he would give, he would consider giving up pass, pass, uh, play calling anyway? Why? What is the point of that? Does it, he think it makes him look more flexible? I don't get it. And it's also like, did he, did he sit down with his assistants and go, guys, who thinks he, they can do it better than me? That's not how you do it. He should have walked in and said, guys, right. I feel at this point, the guys might need a fresh approach or a different voice. You are going to be calling the place for the next two, three weeks, the rest of the season. He should have just named the guy. It seems like he literally asked them, guys, who thinks we can do it better than me? Oh, no boss, no boss. You're definitely the man for the job. That's, that's a very good point. And uh, pretty much what I was thinking, although you, you, you put it better than I was thinking it, but you're right. He should have gone in there, um, whether he was looking to give up the plays or not. He goes in there and says, you know, everything cannot be, uh, I designed a good play. The players just didn't execute it. Because that's your responsibility too. So either you designing bad plays or you're not getting your players to buy in the right way. So that either way, that's you. So you cannot get up there and say it's the players that didn't execute on every single thing. Then, because the media is getting on, you say, all right, well, you know, maybe I'll consider giving up plays. Let me go see who's there. You're absolutely right. You walk in there and what you do is you say, listen, guys, I don't know who's the best one for this job. Uh, maybe it's you, maybe it's me. Why don't we collaborate? You guys give me a bunch of, give me a bunch of ideas. Let's, let's, Let's spend a few hours role playing and going through some 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 scenarios, and you tell me what play you would call, and we'll see what we can do here. Something, you know, figure out something. Have have a have a, a you know a quick team building exercise and figure it out, or keep your mouth shut and take the responsibility and go and get better instead of instead of figuring out why it's everybody else's fault. And to me, that's how you inspire confidence when you come in and you tell your assistant coach, "Listen, my approach right now, whatever it is, even if you believe that it's on the team." The, the guys are just not responding. It's not working. You're going to you're gonna get the playbook. You're calling the plays. That's how you inspire confidence. Tell the guy you believe in him and you need him. You need him to succeed for the greater good. The other thing that you just said, uh, shit, just lost my mind. Uh, what was my train of thought? I'll get back to it. The one other thing that I wanted to touch on, and then um, you know we've pretty much touched all of my subject, is that um, there's rumors starting to swirl again, and they're probably not true, but I hope they are. That um, that Gase will be out November first after um, I think that's I forget who it is. I think it's Buffalo. Oh no, 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 it's 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 the Chiefs. I'm sorry. Uh, after the Chiefs game, because their bye comes after that. So there's rumors going around that Adam Gase now has an expiration date of November first. I don't know if I believe it. I think. Um, you know, I think they're committed to having this guy stick around and run it into the ground. I think Douglas is probably going to deal a few of these guys, and he's going to. I think the Jets might have every pick in the 2021 draft, and um, you know, and, and an 0 and 16 record, and, and really, literally start over. I think they might have no players, all draft picks, and and have the ability to just get in there and, and you know take everybody and hope some of them work out. I want to believe the rumor. It kind of makes me happy, but. I know it's the Jets, and that that statement actually makes too much sense for the Jets to go through with it, where you fire a coach on a bye week, let the new assistant, the interim coach, kind of have a full week, two weeks practice. That's what a logical team would do. So th- there's no way the Jets end up taking that route. They're going to fuck it up somehow, some way. Well, this this would be the third person we have this conversation about, you and me, but do you have confidence in Joe Douglas 
Um, aside from what he's doing now, I'm saying in general, do you have a, a, do you have confidence in Joe Douglas to be smart enough to make such decisions? Because if you do, then you got to hope that he can be better than than the usual Jets way. If you don't, if you think that he is going to basically be folded into the Jets way, then yeah, they're not going to fire him until the day after the season. They're going to take their time and, and end up with some no-name assistant coach because nobody wants to come here. And, you know, look, while I'm on that subject, one real quick aside: half the coaches the Jets interviewed before they hired um, before they hired Gase are going on and doing very well in other places. Matt Rule, uh, Cliff, Klingsbe- uh, Cliff Kingsbury, uh, half of these guys that everybody said, "Oh, they're college coaches; they're not going to do anything in the pros," are, are doing pretty damn well. And look at Gase; he's turned himself into a you know a peewee league coach at this point. It's it's an utter disaster. And I mean, are, are you surprised that the guys that the, the Jets passed on are actually successful coaches in the league and are showing promise? No. I'm not. No, I guess I'm not. But anyway, so yeah, so Douglas, so so yeah, so you don't have confidence that that'll happen because it's the Jets' way. But do we have confidence that Joe Douglas, with his pedigree, because he's got a great pedigree, he's he, he sat at, at the knee of a, some some great talent evalu- talent evaluators and scouts. Um, if if he is what they say he is, then we can have the confidence he's doing the right thing. Um, but do we? That's that's the question. That's the question I'm asking you, Mr. Vortman. Uh, do you have the confidence in Joe Douglas? I have to, and I'll tell you. At the end of the day, as much as I, I'm this I'm a pissed off, angry Jets fan, I am still a diehard Jet fan. And looking at Douglas's resume, I have to respect the fact that the, he won a Super Bowl in Philly. He built a very strong Super Bowl contender that went all the way. So a fan in me has to believe that he has a plan, he has a vision, and it's actually a logical step that, that makes sense and can build a team. The problem is, will the Jets give him enough time? Will the Jets give him enough support, whether it's signing players, whether it's draft choices? Um, but the short answer is yes. I believe in Joe Douglas based on his resume, but being a Jet fan, I'm, a, I'm apprehensive if he's going to get the needed support to completely see the vision through. What about you? What's your view on that? I, I Pretty much exactly the same way. I think he has the ability to do it. Um, and, and I felt McCagnan did too, unfortunately. I was wrong about that. Idzik, I wasn't so sure. But um, we're in the same situation. And the difference is going to be whether these owners will let him see the plan through the way he needs to see it through, or if they're going to buckle under the fan pressure like they always do. I mean, what team fires their GM because fans hire an airplane with a sign, you know? Um, what team, uh, you know, lets a coach come in and 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 wow them so much that he, they allow him to get the coach uh, uh, to get the GM fired, you know. So basically, if Chris Johnson and and that and his idiotic brother, when he comes back, do not interfere, then I have the confidence in Douglas to get this done, and and hopefully he'll see it through. Um, the other thing Douglas is a big proponent of is not signing big free agents. So I think what Douglas is going to do, and I pray he 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 has the ability to see it through, is he's going to use the draft to draft their stars. They're going to build the stars and the free agency to to build depth rather than the other way around. The Jets always try and sign stars and then build yep. depth through through the draft, and it never works because they don't draft well. If this guy can can build the build um, a, a solid team of stars. Through through the draft, have them on um, on team friendly contracts for a few years, and then and then fill depth with free agency. The Jets will the Jets will be where they need to be. But I, I don't know that I have the confidence the ownership will allow them to do that. What has the ownership done to to lead us to believe that they'll support the GM? The other thing that I was just thinking, just a random stupid thought, would you 
wouldn't you like to be a fly on a wall? What happened in that interview room? What did Gay say that wowed him so much? Because because when you look at his resume, the guy wasn't exactly a hot commodity when Miami fired him. It wasn't like people were knocking down his doors. And then all of a sudden, I remember Peyton Manning gave him a good endorsement that the guy is a great quarterback developer. Fine. It's that's a great endorsement. I agree. Like, uh, I don't want to be that fan that's like, oh, who is Peyton Manning? Who gives a shit? He's a player. He's not a coach. No. I think getting an endorsement for Peyton Manning goes a long way. But again, the guy wasn't a hot commodity. The guy was ran out of town in Miami, your division rival. Uh, what happened in that interview room that everybody walked away saying, oh, my God, my God, we found the guy. We found the savior of this franchise. That we're not going to fire him. We're going to let him run us into the ground. But we're still going to blindly support his vision. Yeah. What is his vision? I don't, well, he to become he the first NFL team to lose to Alabama? He, he clearly doesn't have a vision. But uh, I, I would love to know what happened in there too. I mean, I, I don't have enough vision to know what happens in these places and be able to predict what happens in, in big, big scenarios like that. I wish I did, but I've never been anything like that. So I don't know. But I, I, would, I would love to know that too. I would love to know how Adam Gase walked in that door, said, listen, I know I just destroyed a franchise. I know there's rumors that I chase all my good players away. Uh, but... Uh, I know you're looking for an offensive guy, and I am an offensive genius. Hire me. I, I, I would love to have seen how he got over on Chris Johnson. You know, he might have walked in with some pictures of Chris Johnson doing things to a horse, and then Johnson that's, was that's, to hire him. But that's my logical guess. And I actually finally remember the one point that I wanted to discuss that slipped my mind earlier, and that's when you touched base on the fact that you run a company, so you're a leader. Okay, not sports, different capacity, but you're forced to lead other adults. These. You and me are not young kids. We're not 13, 14, 15. We're, we're grown men. We know, understand, and respect when we see a good leader. When I think about you and me, just taking out of the, forget the sports context. Let's take a work environment. If you, as a leader of your men and woman in your company, if when something went wrong, if your constant thing was, well, if you did it my way, the results would have been better. You just didn't do it my way. You didn't do it the way I wanted it done. Does that inspire loyalty? Does that inspire optimism? No. That's bullshit to me. Nope. Just once I want him to come out at post game and say, you know what? I should have I I could have made a couple of calls different. I didn't get the guys ready to play. This coach made a decision that outsmarted me. Something takes some responsibility. Every co- press conference is if they executed the plays the way I wanted them to, we would have scored. If the play would have went the way I designed it, we would have got the first down. Shut your I'll mouth and take some responsibility. I don't know. I'll have to go look at the film. I don't know what happened there. I have to go look at the film. That's- yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know what happened on that play. We'll have to go look at the film. You know, it's like Adam Gase is a social moron who who is yes. he, he is he is a like a football nerd. I, I mean, you can tell by listening to him, he knows X's and O's, but he doesn't know how to translate it and explain it to the average person. It would be like, um, you know, did you ever watch um, uh, The Big Bang Theory? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the show, of course. Yeah, okay. So so Sheldon, this would be like Sheldon explaining something to somebody and he's, and he's speaking in terms only he understands. And it's clear that the guy knows what he's talking about, but he, he, doesn't, know how to tr- he doesn't know how to relate it to other people. So yes. that's, that's Adam Gase with football. He's obviously like super smart. He knows X's and knows, he knows this, but he doesn't know how to translate it to reporters. He doesn't know how to translate it to his players. He doesn't know how to translate any of it. So he just comes off sounding like... like 
like some some science nerd from junior high school who learned about sex, learned about pheromones, learned about attraction, but has no idea how it actually works. And that's Adam Gase. He sounds like a robot. Like he's programmed and he's just uh, talking like, hello, today we're going to be covering this. But it just, it bothers me. There's nothing I've seen in his pre- press conference. I can tolerate losses. God knows we're Jets fans. We've we've learned to tolerate and accept losses. But there is nothing I see in him that inspires confidence, that inspires motivation, that just inspires, period. No. And that's what bothers the hell out of me. No, there's there's nothing. And you can tell when um you know, in, in today's day and age where where players do everything on, on social media, you have to be smart enough not to give them reason to to react against you on social media. So when you have a rookie liking posts that he doesn't get enough carries and how could he show anything off and develop if he's not getting any plays and, and then that 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 speaks volumes it speaks volumes that that he's chased every good player out of town and, and, and here it's happening and it happened in miami and so that 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 gives you all you need to know about his leadership he doesn't have leadership abilities all he has is a smart brain and most people will say he's dumb but they're, they're not looking deeply the guy is is clearly not dumb but he is socially awkward and socially stupid he's got no social skills whatsoever yep he knows what he knows he can't he can't teach it he can't inspire i was gonna ask you for a prediction for the game this sunday but i'm riled up right now and if i had to make a prediction right now i would say the jets are gonna lose by 50 so i'm gonna ask you to please let's leave a prediction for the podcast tomorrow or saturday we'll do a quick one where we'll cool off we'll touch base and we'll do a prediction for Sunday's game. Yeah, I'll, I'll actually, uh, I'll actually like look at the game and figure it out. Also, um, we, we want to get Dewitz on here for the post game too. We'll get, we'll get him on here. That'll be fun. We'll get him on and talk about some talk about the Jets and Dolphins and some some stuff over the years. He wanted to jump on and do so. Maybe we'll uh, special our first special guest on podcast four. Great. Let's let him kick dirt in our faces when we're down. Fantastic. All right, buddy. Uh, you have a good one. I will uh, catch up with you on the next one. See you on the next one. Take care.